0: hello everybody welcome to this latest episode of the podcast i hope you are well wherever you are currently i'm in on the beautiful island of bali in indonesia i've been doing some surfing pretty badly uh, but really enjoyed it beautiful beautiful place if you ever get to come out here stayed at a place called rapture camps rapture surf camps um, which have a couple of different locations out here, a couple of different camps, but it's sort of on the peninsula, so there's so many, so many different surf spots to choose from. Really beautiful location, beautiful. It's called they call it a hostel, but the the place I'm in at the moment it's more like a a hotel in the in the setup. It's on a cliff. It's got an infinity pool looking out to the sea. It's just fantastic. Had a great week met some met some really wonderful people, surfed with them. met lots of Germans. It's apparent that the entire country of Germany is out here at the moment, um which suits me because i fit in fit in very well with my slightly German looks. The other day, someone took four four guesses to work out where I was from, and I'd been speaking to them for half an hour. I don't know what that says about me anyway. Enough with me, let's move on to this week's episode, which I am very, very excited about. Uh, a, a really wonderful conversation uh, with two friends of mine, Hugh and Becky, who are responsible for the painter Jacket Company. You'll hear a lot about what that's about during the, during the podcast, um, but if you wanna have a little look, they um, make uh, beautiful, Uh, jackets that come out uh, three times a year with only 500 per batch so a really special product but we talk lots and lots uh, about that in the podcast so I met Hugh and Becky last year at um, Do Wales, which is a an incredible event in south in the south of Wales run by uh, the Do Lectures which brings uh, a collective of incredible speakers together um, for a weekend event um, we just hear the perspectives of the world um, by lots of different brilliant people. Um, so look that up as well. They've got tons of videos on there. Um, it's basically like a kind of TED talk on a much smaller scale, um, run from a beautiful part of, of uh, Wales. Um, and if, if, the, if the weather's great, it's just a fantastic weekend. Um, so I met, I met those two uh, last year at the the do lectures Um, but when I was back in London two weeks ago I I was really lucky to um, spend some time with Hugh and Becky I went to meet them in uh, their co-working space uh, in London Um, so you'll also be able to indulge in the complimentary sirens and other such interruptions Um, but it was nice to be back in London for a couple of weeks and great to chat with Hugh and Becky all about what they're up to um, they tell us sort of their incredible story of um, how they met how they started painted jackets it's all kind of intertwined but I'll, I'll let them tell you that um, we talked a lot about perfection what that means how to run a business as a couple huge love of cord doing things in an opposite way of how the polish brands do things um, they, they definitely have their own style and way of doing things for example. You'll hear it, but they say they're only on sale. They're, they're, they're a jacket company that are only on sale for 1% of the year, which is an amazing stat. Um, they also give us a blow-by-blow uh, description of how their jackets are made, which is a really interesting um, view on the the process, behind the scenes. And we also had a, a, a chat about the kind of waste in all of this. So i've spent a lot of time working and thinking about um food waste industry and i think this, this the similarities here um with the amount of of waste that is created through uh, fast fashion the fast fashion industry so yeah that's a that's a really um a really good thing for us to talk about anyway enough of me rambling on hopefully you'll enjoy this podcast please let me know what you think um it'd be great to hear from you i'm kind of just doing this as I can when I can find these brilliant people to interview. You'll notice I don't really have a style at the moment. I'm kind of taking bits from other podcasts that I like and experimenting, seeing what works, doesn't work. With this podcast, I just thought it was such a brilliant conversation. I didn't really edit it at all. It's it's fairly uncut, um, but hopefully you'll enjoy that. And it just kind of ends when it ends, probably because I don't really know what I'm doing. But anyway, um, things to have a little Google of maybe before or after this podcast are painter jackets, obviously, spelt P-A-Y-N-T-E-R, Hyatt denim, have a look at those guys, the do lectures and the good life experience, so have a little, those are your little takeaways. Anyway, I'll leave you to me in a moment. Okay, bye-bye. Well, yeah, just for the, uh, just because it isn't audio only. So I've got this little, it's basically just like a clip clip mic. And I started off, my first, my first recording was with just iPhones. And then that was fine, but it's not great, the mm-hmm. iPhone recording. But it worked. And then I bought this because I was doing some just like um, talking head interviews with some people mm-hmm. when I was um, out in Uganda. So I bought this and it's great for that. Mm-hmm. So then I just started using it for this and the sound quality is way better than just the iphone but i just couldn't bring myself yet to buy like you go on like podcast kit and yeah microphones and yeah. Like, like hundreds of pounds i on think it on. Yeah. puts
1: people off as well because yeah. you see it and you get nervous cause it's so big and it's in front of your face <laughs> it's, it's, nice like, that it's just, perform yeah. <laughs> yeah dance monkey dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it's nice Can't yeah. See it. except you can hear Hugh's really
2: squeaky chair so yeah that'd be fun yeah, I'm sure. You've really got that really low
0: chair in the corner. It's all <laughs> Yeah, But I, I guess the reason I bring it up is because you guys, um, you, you've done a lot with just doing
2: shoots with like iPhones, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, we try and play with the constraints. Yeah. Like, I, we're, we're really big fans of the DIY spirit and how we can use that. It's like what would the Polish brands not do? Yeah. And let's do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because we really want the whole feel of the brand to be like, to be like a research project, a documentary. Mm. That's the kind of style that of, like, we love. We love watching documentaries and like, oh, a brand should feel like that. Yeah. And like, just capturing things on iPhones. It's like, okay, this feels natural.
1: Yeah, I think because, like, the whole... Brand's been bootstrapped from the very beginning as well, so yeah. if you strive for something perfect, we probably wouldn't have started yet. Yeah. So we've had to just use what's available to us from day one, and then work out results, what, what results we can possibly get from them, which has yeah. meant to led to some quite interesting things. I think.
2: Yeah, I think that's a big point of, of like, the people wait for perfection, and it's like you have the perfect camera in your pocket. Right? <laughs> yeah. You can start taking pictures and sharing them, like like we did it way before we were ready. Nine months before we launched our first jacket, Yeah, and that's because we just used the phone.
1: That was a chair on the, <laughs> floor, yeah. on the floor, by the way, for sound references. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's also so off-putting, isn't it? Like, mm. you think, oh, I've got a great idea, I want to do this, I want to do that, what do I need to do that? Oh, I need this big, expensive thing, I need a, um, you know, a disc, a lot of camera, I need a studio, I need all of that, and then... I and mean, then that's how you talk yourself out of things, I guess. Oh completely. Then it's like, oh it's not
2: perfect. Oh it's not polished. Oh then you can like you compare yourself to everyone else who shoots that way. Yeah. It's like
1: end up looking the same as everyone else.
2: Exactly. And it's like some people they might come into a Instagram profile and go, Oh, that's not a polished brand. Yeah. It's like no, it's not. <laughs> if you so, met, if you meet us in person, I'm not polished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just me. It's just a... <laughs> Becky, like Becky does Instagram like she yeah, is I'm a community. not polished. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like we're not we're not like trying to be these polished people. It's like mm. the brand shouldn't be like that. But it's just a reflect. It just becomes a reflection on
0: you, right? So your yeah. brand becomes a reflection on you. I think so. I've seen so many people, so many brands. They pay. Know, millions of pounds to, to advertisers to say make us look like this, yeah. yeah. and suddenly you're you're paying a lot of money and using a lot of energy to to make you look like something you're not. Yeah. So I guess it's also just the easiest thing to do is just be yourself.
1: Oh, completely. And everything we do, like from brand to customer service, it has to come from a place of knowing every detail of our product and our journey and our experience and why we're making decisions the way that we are, and so. If you're outsourcing that voice to someone else, ultimately you'd be spending all day trying to inform them of who you are as a brand. And Mm. I think we've learned who we are as we've gone, but also all of those experiences along the like the product creation journey have informed our brand identity. And so we'd never do it any other way. Things might look a bit shabby, but quite happy with that. Really, yeah, it it means people learn more about. Who
2: we are. I think it makes it much more makes us uh, very approachable. I hope so. Um, as as a brand, yeah. as in that they actually a lot of they get very engaged with us. Mm. As in, like Becky's constantly talking to people on Instagram, just like, are well, they quite surprised that we get back to them? they are just not used to. I know. <laughs> it's, it's like um, just people are like. Sometimes like Becky shows me a message and it's like this person was actually surprised that like it was a person behind the messages they think it's like a bot or something. Yeah. It's like no no no, it's me. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> just have to make sure you're not talking in robot Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all really really interesting. I, I guess it'd be good it'd be good for you to tell tell your story in a way, just so people who haven't engaged, you know, there's a prob- there'll probably be a lot of people who will have heard um, your story so far, but also a lot that won't, that might listen. Yeah. So maybe the question is how did you two meet? Because I feel like that's also <laughs> the origin <laughs> of the brand. Yeah, it
2: definitely is. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> okay, so um, I'll try and keep it brief because it's not the most brief story. <laughs> um, for, so I went along one day to a workshop that was being run by the Do Lectures in London. It was like a one-day workshop that Hugh was running with his boss, David, and um, I wasn't supposed to go. I'd been raving to my boss at the time to go, and because I thought she'd meet some really interesting people, and she'd get on really well there, and... Um, she went and I texted her, having just seen she was there on Instagram stories, being like, Oh, I have the best day, I'm so excited you're there. And she's like, I've got a tummy bug, I'm gonna have to go home. I was like, No, I've been telling you to go for months. And I was like, Right, I'm gonna get on my bike and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna take notes for you. And so I went at lunch and I walked in and like everyone was kind of mingling and chatting and I and he was kind of standing on his own. And so I just walked up to him. I gave him a hug. And I was like, hey. As you do. As you do. As then you then do. So. But I was going, on would say, so I, I was feeling in a really good mood that day because I was going surfing the next day to Sri Lanka for two weeks. And so I was like, checked out of work. Really yeah, hugs excited. all around. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone I saw on the way, I cycled there, I probably gave someone a hug at the traffic lights. I hey. Know. I didn't. <laughs> it was just me. It was just you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we got on well. And then we texted for like, every day I was in Sri Lanka. And then... I went to North Wales to see my family like two and a half weeks later, like just as I got back, and Hugh came and stayed for four days, <laughs> and <laughs> it was kind of like a ridiculous first date, yeah. and you met everyone, didn't you? Yeah, it's
2: like, like the first time I walked through the door I was like, hey Becky, I've met you for half an hour before, and now I'm meeting you, go upstairs, I don't mean... You said you forgot what I looked like. Yeah, I didn't want to say that on the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knocked on the door because like, I did the thing of like I will not Instagram stalk Becky like, I just want to like take it from like yeah. I try and do a very traditional and old fashioned I won't do that I just talked to her talk and then I knocked on, the, knocked on the door I was like shit what does she look like again um, I've only seen your recent pictures from me, Sri Lanka um, then I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> And then I went upstairs. The was wearing any badges. In <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, including me. <laughs> and I was like, I met her, 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 both her brothers and her brother's girlfriend and her dog that evening. I met like 25 of her friends. Then the next morning I met, met her parents. <laughs> I was like, this is either going to go really well or really bad. Um, whatever happened would be a great story. That's um, amazing. That's so intense. It, it was, was so, so intense. intense. Neither S- of us had done that before. No, we no. both
1: just thought, fuck it. It'll <sighs> either go well or terribly. Yeah. It'll
2: just be a funny story. We got on like a house on fire when we were talking. So I yeah. thought, okay.
0: Yeah, it's probably Let's give really it a cool. go. I guess you get a bit of an idea through that that it's not going to be a complete car. Cock- no. no, but were you, you just like. I was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, i have been like, yeah, driven home for four hours home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that car, the four hour car journey up there must have been like, okay, what am
2: I doing? Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> so. I remember like sending screenshots of my location on, on the way up, just going like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm nearly here. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just so you know, I'm it's like, sure. I'm on my way, um, <sighs> I'm preparing myself for what you are doing. <laughs> So like, do you still of, want to do this?
0: <laughs> so that sort of speed of things, I expect you to. The next part of the story to be, and then we created painter jackets right there in the kitchen while we were like two minutes in. Yeah, just do it.
2: Essentially, not, yeah. Not all the on there. <laughs> it was literally on the second day. Um, yeah. Because not that we created to paint it, but no, we didn't come to paint on, on the second day, but it was on the second day. It's like a Craig David song. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. The remake. The re- <laughs> it was, actually it was a Sunday the second day. So.
2: Um, but yeah, we started talking about brands because we both worked in marketing and that kind of side of things. We just started talking to them about that kind of stuff and what we loved seeing, what we didn't love seeing and if we both had a brand, what it would kind of be about. And then we kind of didn't really talk about it for a while until we actually went back up to North Wales, was it a couple of weeks later yeah. and kind of whipped out this jacket. Siding, like, like I'd been collecting chore jackets for quite a while mm. uh, from all over the world, taking them apart and trying to remake them with scraps um, of denim and yeah, Becky's just like, wow, that's a cool jacket. And then, again, her whole family tried it on. So this is a jacket you'd made, or that you've reconstructed? Or <laughs> uh, that I, one of the ones i collected. Was
1: so it was the only really one you hadn't taken apart, wasn't it? Because yeah. the shape was so good. You were like, I'm too nervous to actually cut this up in case I lose yeah, the evidence of what's there and what makes it great.
2: So this is a separate story in itself. Like, a year before we met, um, I'd started taking, As so I, I used to work at Denon. Mm. Um and I would take the scraps from underneath the cutting table and start making stuff of them. And I ended up going like towards jackets um, and then to learn how to make them, I thought, okay, I'll just buy a load, start taking them apart and learn how the best ones are constructed mm. and what how you got the fit with better of my favorite ones. And then there was that, this one jacket, this blue French chore jacket that I never took apart because it was so good. I was like, if I, if I take this apart, I can't put it back together. I'll screw it up, and I just can't find another one. Yeah. <laughs> and do you remember where it came from, that, that particular jacket? Yeah, eBay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really, really good one. And we still have it. Still have not taken it apart. <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah, it was on that second like, weekend in North Wales that um, like Becky tried it on, her whole, whole family tried it on, and just everyone fell in love with it. Mm. And that was probably the last time I saw that jacket. Because Becky took it (laughs) for what she calls safekeeping. It's a bit small for you. It was (laughs) okay. I'll admit it was a bit small, Mm. but it fits you way better than it fits me.
1: Yeah, so I just took it.
2: Yeah. And um, sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those like cliche stories of okay, I tried looking for another one to replace it because Becky stole it, and we thought okay. Let's make our own. Can't find another one. It's really hard to find two of the same things. Yeah. It's like an like, older vintage piece. Um, so we thought that was kind of like the, the trigger to start Painter. Mm. Um, and just the uh, the journey of remaking that jacket turned into Painter. Yeah. We thought we'd document the whole thing. Yeah. Give it a name. Um, so so yeah. it's, it's more like a story and a journey for you than mm-hmm. just a, a clothing
1: Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. I think we're well. We're kind of the opposite of a fashion brand because we don't work seasonally. We don't want people to have lots of what we own. Like we just want to create really good jackets for good people and try and make people care more about clothing and understand the processes and the people and the hands and the things that go into them. So yeah. Yeah, it's like, like we
2: we physically couldn't be closer to our clothes. But also, we're so disconnected to where they've come from. Yeah. Um, Like, people just don't get it. They understand more about the beans they put in their coffee than the clothes they put in the back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is bring that meaning back, kind of bring that connection, so people actually understand the journey their clothes go through. And it's like a journey of tens of thousands of miles before it gets to you, hundreds of hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's such an exceptional journey that nobody gets to see. So what we want to do is kind of Open people's eyes, or, or take them places that other brands will never take them, yeah. because they're too scared, well, or they're too big, or they're too big. Yeah, yeah. Um, with our size, it's just been the two of us. We can do that, and because we only launched three times a year, we can do that. Mm-hmm. If we had like, a core range that we like had hundreds of um, products, we couldn't do that. But because we're so super focused and so lean, it's one of the benefits. And like, the, the, like we love telling the stories. Yeah the business of how it's built like love us to do that um, but yeah mm-hmm. and how do you like I wrote I wrote a few sort of ideas
0: of things that I wanted to talk to you about one of them is about like maintaining that feel like do do you do you have an idea of like as you grow as a, as a business how do you how do you maintain that closeness with both your product and with your community is that something you've thought about or are you just gonna sort of go with it and, see, and, and, and sort of see what happens when you get to that point.
2: Hmm. Good How, question. Do we, yeah, good question. How do we keep that as you grow? Um, isn't at the moment, like, we're trying to get as close to the customers as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, like, in December last year, we had a painter at the pub. It's like, just an excuse to meet our, yeah. our customers we just said like yeah we're we'll having a christmas party there's just the two of us um, mm-hmm. but if you want to come along to it feel free
0: but yeah how did I that think... go because I, I was a bit sad i couldn't <laughs> come
2: no.
1: on i was out yeah. of the country it was amazing we had tables of just olive jackets tables <laughs> of bill's <blue. laughs> yeah no one's gonna, gonna come each
0: with each a different jacket are they no, yeah. no. <laughs> the kids absolutely absolutely all over as well
2: like Southampton and the family came from Wales they've got 35 people there we had
1: and no idea what to expect because for the first half hour no one came because oh, yeah, no I one was... wants to go first to a party and we just sat there thinking right then it's just going to be us <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then jacket by apart. jacket started trickling in we actually saw one walking past first <laughs> uh, with his girlfriend yeah he wasn't quite ready to come
2: in Dan Scott I know it was
1: <laughs> <laughs> name drop yeah um, but yeah, uh, no, it was absolutely amazing. And since then we've met, I think on average, at least a customer every week in person, which yeah, has been really? so nice. Just, just have a coffee or yeah. just b- actually bumping into one the other day. Yeah. I think for for us, like, the people are just as much as the product mm, to us. Yeah. So that's such a big that's part. a huge part. And we don't have any plans to suddenly have anything for sale the whole time. Like yeah. We're going to continue making three jackets a year, occasional experiments here and there, but there's not going to ever be anything constantly on sale so in terms of keeping the closeness to the product and the people we can do that in waves and we can we have the time like last year we were on sale for 17 minutes (laughs) the whole year which was mental and it'll be a bit more this year but it means we've got a lot of time to do other things like add value meet customers do research so we can go really deep on product when we're not selling which is the majority of the time Really That's an incredible statistic. In
0: seventeen before. minutes you actually were selling items. Yeah,
1: to be honest, it was pretty stressful, so it's yeah. nice <laughs> to expand that slightly this year. But it was it was wild. No, Any cra- yeah.
0: computer crashes? Any glitches on the seventeen? Yeah. No is.
1: crashes. Shopify is great for that. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. And
2: we've like, like even the the people at Shopify have like been in touch as well. I was like, how can we help you? Like, this um, is a new business model like we're seeing more people doing like more product launches like that it's like how can we help to
1: so, uh, wow. so on the crash front we didn't have a crash but i think people thought that we had because batch two sold out in three minutes and as soon as that had happened like that instagram post that morning just filled up with comments of people being like i think something's broken i my address isn't working this xyz um and I think it was the time that we sold out, there's nine hundred people with a jacket in their basket trying to buy one, which was crazy. And for that weekend after, so like nine oh three we'd sold out and for that rest of that weekend we just had emails and DMs of people saying, I'm really frustrated or like psychologically I don't like the way that your business works and all of this stuff that we had we had to answer, we had to give everyone a personal response and proper time and we ended up write, like, not writing. We ended up videoing a direct response video to every single Actually. person it really because it felt too insincere not to be able to, like, wow, to yeah. not like talk to people face to face. and like they'd got up at like four o'clock in the morning in, in America to try and buy a jacket and they couldn't, and to try and support us, and we were like blown away by that.
0: So how you, how are you? <laughs> so this is how like rogue this is well, yeah, yeah you could play so, and no, Yeah, I'm kind of like. uh, <laughs> playing a little bit for us yeah, yeah. this mm-hmm. is just Hugh and Becky I guess in in your living room or something uh, yeah <laughs> the it's, shed bottom it, of it, it's the shed pot
2: in my <laughs> garden um, it's after the launch it's like a time where you should be like so excited of what you've just achieved yeah. we're kind of like ah, there's a, we need to just communicate and just say sorry to people to think, yeah. um, communicate like what happened
1: obviously so happy but I think to be honest, mostly overwhelmed at this moment.
2: Yeah, I cried. (laughs) (laughs) We saw that on camera. But yeah, this is is kind of uh, what what we were saying to people. Hey, Carlos.
1: Hey, Carlos. Um, We just wanted to send you a quick video message to say um, a few things, really. First of all, we're so sorry that you didn't manage to get a jacket.
0: Um, You're obviously incredibly
2: close. (laughs) Um, We're just gutted because the experience... Yeah, it, it, it was just like... So you had one on, you one, did on that, one videos to you did like, that
0: same message, kind of same ish message to everyone individually. And yeah. everyone who bought one and DM'd
1: us. How many well? of
2: those were there? It's like It's
1: probably a couple of hundred. Yeah. Yeah. But like
2: we didn't like just make one and just send that same one to everyone. It was like it was hey, yeah. it's yeah, so was personal. personal. And it turned a lot of people around. Uh, yeah, we got quite of, a lot of videos back actually. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: hey guys, do you know what? Now I understand. Thank you so much which was amazing. Yeah. And then we were like, right, okay, well this can't happen again because that's not a good experience for people. We had a lot of people saying, "You know what? I'm not going to try again." And you just also brand. It was a yeah. yeah, it was a horrible experience for everyone really. So then we were like, right, okay, we had 300 jackets for sale in October, and for January we increased the batch to 500 because we thought we still we've still got to be really careful the reason why we didn't have loads of jackets for sale or more than that for sale is because our fabric's made bespoke so 10 weeks before they go for sale we've got to put a guess on how many we're making and then um, we want to sell that many so that there's no wasted fabric at all so we've got to kind of place a bet ourselves we pay for all our fabric in advance because we want to pay people fairly and support them so yeah we're like right 500 seems like a huge increase still and enough to keep people happy and I think It worked luckily for batch three. It sold out in 35 minutes, which was it was actually ideal because it was, I think everyone who got everyone who wanted one got one. Everyone really had the time to like think through their purchase for weeks before and decide on color and size and kind of be educated into all the components of that jacket and the style. But we didn't get any messages from people who wished they'd got one and they hadn't, and now there's just a waiting list for returns. So I feel like we've cracked it for now and. With every batch, we just take in a lot of learnings. Yeah, keep working things out as we go. That's
0: all you can do, really. And that, yeah, doing that video, it's like it's kind of like opening up a portal, like yeah. of communication between you and your customers. Because like mm-hmm. normally you're faced with maybe like a chat bar on a, on a website or yeah. a phone number that doesn't, doesn't, yeah. doesn't yeah. <laughs> exactly, or or a, or a phone number that is hard to find or doesn't work or is yeah it goes to another country. So yeah. for you to open up a channel of that someone's like, okay, they're, they're just there, I can see them, they've sent me a message, like, that's such a close connection with your customer.
1: Yeah, it probably so couldn't be much closer. could uh, it? Kind of we have hand-delivered a few yeah. packages recently, that was quite close. What's so. oh, that? A hand-delivery of packages. Oh, uh, yeah. We've turned up at a few workplaces <laughs> recently. Yeah. People have been in oh, New New meetings. Oh, that's just been <laughs> 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 We've just been like... It's, hours <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: just really interesting to me... Your customers, mm. and talk to them, and understand mm. them what they do for a living, and like why they bought from you, mm. and like why do they support you? Because a lot of them do for completely different reasons. Um, people do because they want to support us. Um, they want to see more brands, I guess. And they want to see how their products made. Mm. And some people want a jacket. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> some people sh- just want their jacket. Some just a lot a jacket. love and, the
1: illustrators because of our labels inside. Are um, I should explain all of our labels inside the jackets are limited edition by different illustrators. So batch two is Hilligood Speed. Um, he's actually a librarian full time from Vancouver. Mm, amazing. And he has he some cost. serious fans. Yeah, so we had a lot more Canadian orders really? in batch two. People who loved Hill's work yeah. and London-based Hiller fans, it's global. But yeah.
0: And isn't that amazing? Like you're connecting other fan bases as well. Like yeah, his fans wouldn't have heard of you and now they're jacket fans and then they I might know. be some, something out yeah. they might be podcast fans after this <laughs> absolutely <Podcast fans. laughs> so it's just like, like connecting the podcast. yeah it's <laughs> connecting those worlds of like yeah such a natural organic way of like
2: building a customer base mm. yeah
1: that was a happy accident to be honest
0: yeah
2: it yeah. was it's that thing that we, we, uh, we mentioned a couple of times like to our audiences that we're only on sale for 1% of the year. Mm-hmm. The rest of the year, we're just giving. Um, we're just, we're not trying to sell you anything yeah. except for our ideas on what we're trying to do. It's like over the next year, we we'll gonna be talking a lot about um, what we're trying to do with uh, sustainability and like what our efforts gonna be. What we're good at, what we're bad at. We'll be very honest with it, but Hopefully, through that transparency, they'll go, okay, I'll back you. Yeah. I believe in what you're trying to do. I am are not there yet. So, this just the two of us. We want to take on some stuff that you need to be a big company to be able to do. Um, but hopefully, people will come along for the ride. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, most of your customers will already
0: sort of be aligned with you in that sense because they're so close to you and your story. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a bit of an easier... Um, switch. But yeah, coming back to the, the sustainability thing, because I pulled the, uh, trying to find where it is now, it was a quote you guys have on your website, which is 175 billion items of clothing are made every year, 50 billion go straight to landfill, and another 50 billion go to landfill after not selling.
1: Disgusting, right?
0: Which is just <laughs> crazy. And I... You can draw parallels in lots of other worlds, right? So, yeah. I've got some good friends who run food waste. I was about to um, say food waste, yeah. fashion of yeah. food, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. yeah some, some some good friends, uh, Nikki and Mim in, in Durham, they set up they, they basically started taking um, food from bins, right, and eventually made it uh, like into a proper enterprise. And now wow. they get given food from supermarkets and just their instagram at every christmas easter whatever lights up with all the food that's just going to be chucked out that has got a you know on uh, january the uh, well 26th of december everything that has christmas on it yeah goes in the bin yeah and i think it's i I can't remember the stat now but it's i think it's something around a third of the food we produce goes straight to the bin straight away and and this quote is (laughs) just bonkers it's just you know, more than half is getting chucked in landfill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What have you I mean, What have you learned about that? And what, yeah,
2: what are your What are your views on that? Being sort of close to this industry? Um, reading. Uh, I've started reading a research paper this week uh, called Earth Logic. Right. Uh, literally, when I say this week, last night. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty neat. Now let's let's push it back yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really like. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're on really, it, yeah. Really on it. And they talk about the problem of like, it's a growth industry. Every year, every company has to grow. Mm. And the focus is growth. And what if the new focus was the planet? Because every like fiber that comes into your clothing comes from the soil. Whether that, if, even if it's like an animal, like, uh, like, it's like a wool, mm. the, they eat the grass, comes from the soil and it's like what if our focus wasn't on growth what if it was about the planet first and actually is it okay for a company to decrease in sales because that means decrease in production mm-hmm. that means less demand on the planet that means a better planet it's like super it's quite a, like the, it's quite a radical paper on yeah. the perception of like okay how we change the fashion industry um, but like by chasing growth, growth, growth. And it's like, we've already taken up, I think on an annual basis, we eat 1.5 plants worth of food. Or well, we produce that much. It's like, it's just greed. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah.
1: greedy,
0: it's crazy. I yeah, think
1: every way you look at it, it comes down to overconsumption. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of it comes down to advertising. Like, yeah. as creatives, we've all had the most amazing ideas to be able to come up with new words and copy and photography and things that are going to tempt people to buy more and more stuff for good, for bad and everything in between. And ultimately, as creatives, we have the power to do something about that as well, mm. to send it the other way and to inform people about what goes into their clothing. I think we know we'll never be a massive company with a massive impact, but I hope that for every... Let's say this year, one and a half thousand jackets will sell in three batches of five hundred. If we if we actually have an impact on the way that way more people buy their clothing, that might just stop a fair few impulse buys. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the attitude we've had from the start. But equally, every time we create something, we're trying to find out, like following that money journey of where does everything come from? Okay, uh, we know we have direct relationships with our males, but. Where do their factory fibers come from? Where do their yarns come from? Um, where, yeah, where, where, are their, where does their, their waste go? From? Where
0: are they? Where, where do their pollutants go? Like exactly. everything around whole like water being cases?
1: cleaned? What chemicals are wool being washed with? Right? All of those things and the things you've no idea about when you start a business, but you soon find out about if you ask enough questions. Like one of the things we're looking at at the moment is an issue that every company that produces with a factory will have and it's when you when you place an order with a factory let's say you've got 300 jackets coming every jacket will come to us in a separate um, biodegradable plastic bag but they're not really biodegradable unless they're treated professionally and every company receives their stock like that whether it comes on a hanger um, on a boat or whether it's put in a box and comes by road or by air each product comes separately wrapped and you might see it in a store and you see it on a lovely hanger, and you'll think oh well that doesn't happen to me but it does it's in the stock room like that to be able to protect it from getting moldy or wet or anything and like we were just looking today like where does that what what are the solutions to that then because even hearing noah are trying to do something about it and actually they've come into problems that they're not actually big enough to be able to order Truly compostable bag because the unit's are like 50,000 units or less. I was, I was walking here thinking, well, how do we partner with other small clothing brands to all cl- place an order for some compostable bags then? And what are what those nice solutions? So that's something on both of our to do lists. That we're like, right, who can we talk to? Yeah. Who makes the co op bag that you can put in your food bin? Like, yeah. I don't know. And but like one project at a time, we'll just keep doing what we can, I think.
0: Yeah, and there will be, yes will be a solution out there. It's just and it, it, it's it's just much harder, isn't it? Mm. Like the truth is it's harder to, to run your business and also make it more sustainable. Yeah. Help help preserve the, the, the future of the planet. It's just way harder. It's so easy to sort of just, you know, fast fashion, just do it quickly, mass produce, yeah, and, and not really care about the impact of it and then it's cheap and it's quick.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's
0: going to be a lot slower and a lot more expensive if you want to do it. properly.
1: Yeah. And once you have your own business you see everything. Like, you're not outsourcing, we're not outsourcing a thing so yeah. yeah, if you find something out it's up to you to either ignore it or to do something about it and we'll always try and do something about it.
2: <laughs> it's, I've tried uh, or i partnered with a Danish company I think mm-hmm. who make the bags We're talking about, and you can put it in a a cup, put boiling water over it, and drink it. Right. So, but I think there are again some limitations on like sizes and um, uh, shelf life of those bags. So, like if the factory need to order them, uh, they only have a shelf life of like a month, two months. So it's like okay, there needs to be there's no silver bullet just yet Mm -hmm. of like solutions. It's like What if um, we just went to the factory in Portugal and shipped all the jackets from Portugal so we never have to use those bags? (laughs) But it's not, we want to do things that, yes that would work, but no other brands can do it. We'd rather do stuff that is sustainable, that that is scalable as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it's just like, oh yeah, it's nice for you guys. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, yeah. Go and pick them up in your
0: suitcase yeah <laughs> trust me that's a lot of <laughs> uh, no, your jackets is a lot of jackets <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah it, it's yeah, uh, for the last three weeks we 've been in like deep learning mode, and right. like what can we do, and there's just so much to it that we need to do, Yeah. Like, we feel it's a small brand with very few products, uh, but we 're curious enough and actually open enough to keep looking down the rabbit hole and go in shit, what, like, what? we might not be doing it the best way and like, if we think this, god those really big companies definitely aren't because mm-hmm. they're just going like what, like, how the clothing industry works is a designer designs something then their sourcing manager goes to fabric shows and goes to all the fabric stores and asks do you have a fabric like this and depending on the price they'll go with that, fab- that manufacturer, they don't care where that fabric comes from as long as it meets the requirements of the designer so it's like okay something's broken Now they don't ask is it sustainable is it um, how is it tied where, who's making uh, it who's making Where's it? it or, or the, the people yeah. who are involved in this whole process and like this supply chain how are they treated what the farms like where the cotton comes from did they use any chemicals in that farm it's like there's so many questions to ask yeah. but those companies aren't asking us questions because they don't want to know because they're, they're competing on price and you know the, the, they're all competing in the race to the, the bottom basically. But we have that freedom to ask that question. And I think our our customers are super super curious mm-hmm. about like where their stuff comes from. Yeah. And because we're starting to get even closer to the source. You know, we can share where where their cotton comes from. Like in one launch that we're doing this year, we'll be able to show the exact land, the soil, the fiber comes from. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're going to get as close as possible. So it's like, this is the, just the start of the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And try and ask that from every brand that you wear. That's amazing. And, and that's, that's a massive
0: selling point. Like, There aren't many brands out there that can offer you a look into where this comes from, and you just have to accept. Mm-hmm. If you want something, if you need a new item of clothing, you have to accept that, okay, I don't know, because they don't know. Mm. Like, there's so few brands that will actually be able to get you into the source of it. And that's, that's huge, because a lot of people will care. Yeah. It's just not available information. Mm-hmm. So that's just, a yeah, an
2: incredible thing for customers to be able to experience with you. Yeah. I think it's educating them from that point it's like mm-hmm. um, really into uh, Patagonia's or English book um, Responsible Company and in that they talk about the life cycle of a product and do you a know, life cycle analysis of a product and not many brands again do this they they'll just produce t-shirts to sell t-shirts um, but with every product we're making now it's looking at the whole life cycle from the soil actually from the design like is it is what we're about to produce with the, the cost of the planet. Mm-hmm. That's a big question to start off with. Deep, and then it goes. To <laughs> Where me do you, like, get you start, man? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Well, it's like it's <laughs> a I'm gonna question. give up. I'm scared. <laughs> because because sometimes, like, we become really pessimistic about this industry and we'll be like, "Shit, there are so many problems with this industry. Why are we bothering making something else? Yeah. Do, do we need to produce anything else? Like, the world doesn't need more clothes. Sort of no. scenario. Mm-hmm. It's like, should we even be making this? But like we should because like through this whole process, we're not making much and through this whole process we'll probably be educating a lot of people. Yeah. And educating people like how it's made, how to wear it and look after it. And then there's the end. Like how do you like teach people what to do with their products once it's like completely knackered? Like mm. what is that process? How does that work? Like how to, is it compostable? How do you take yeah. it apart? Like where should you take it? Don't just throw it in the bin. Um, so that's another it's like literally the life of the product the whole life cycle Mm -hmm. yeah because the I mean a few a good few years
0: now was a a real revolution to me was the the Patagonia and then the Hyatt way of repairing products Mm -hmm. which I'd never heard of before yeah and that was just like wow
2: that's that's an amazing like a lifetime guarantee it's amazing it's like we were talking earlier about um, you know every product that we should produce that we produce should be repairable Mm -hmm. Um, it's like that, that should be a, a, a um, kind of a part of the design. Though it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that if it's broken you can't fix it. It's like old cars. Yeah. It's like because they're so mechanical you can get in there yourself and learn how to change things. Like Teslas, you have to take to the garage. Yeah. You can't touch that stuff. Um, even,
0: even just like you know, cars from a couple of years ago, it's like it's an electrical fault.
2: Don't know what to do with it. Mm. Yeah, you 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 can well yeah you don't have like the the, the simple equipment to be able yeah. to like get in and like read the read the engine. Mm. Um, so yeah, that means designing actually not very complicated clothing, but that will last a long time. Yeah. And it says so much about your
0: product as well. If you're willing to go all that way to to repair it, it's like no, we care about this because mm. we don't want you to throw it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas these other Clothing brands where it is so easy just to like you've had a few wears of it it breaks and
2: it just either or shrinks yeah, or something like yeah. that and then it's useless to you. But it's an expensive thing to do. Repairing. Repairing, yeah. yeah. Like working at Hyatt, you, you saw like hundreds of pairs of jeans coming back because they've been going for like eight years now. Mm. So that's a lot of jeans. That's like, I think there's nearly 40,000 pairs of jeans. Wow. So a lot of those are coming back from, like from years ago and being repaired now. And we were over from Patagonia um, last week, last week mm. and talking to people behind their repair program. And you were in Patagonia. Mm-hmm. That's a long flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I the <laughs> in the Amsterdam office. Yeah, in, in, in the Amsterdam <laughs> office. Yeah, definitely not there. Okay. Jet setters. <laughs> yeah, and they were talking about, like, you know, it costs a lot yeah. to yeah. do it. But if you stand by your product, the, the customers will stand by your brand. Yeah. Oh, Yeah massively buy into that yeah we haven't really looked into it yet but it's, it's quite it's, it's is this, is it process. something
0: you you see for painter as well to, to do a, a repair thing or is that something in the future
1: I don't know to be honest yeah. I think it's more about educating people on how they can personally mend and mm-hmm. celebrate mending as a as a beautiful thing as well there's some some really stunning ways of mending in terms of like old Japanese methods of Boro and Sashiko and like visible threads and patterns that almost celebrate the fact that you've loved something and you've worn it and it's more about like making sure that's something people admire and love to see and teaching people how to do it it could be a sociable thing too about getting people together and having a bit of a stitch and bitch club and (laughs) (laughs) actually loving doing those things it doesn't have to be something that we do it can actually be, be things that someone something that people can get involved with themselves It'd be amazing if we could offer it but to be honest as a two person team at the moment mm-hmm. I don't know how we would
2: I'd like to see it just you two just be pretty so so <laughs> it? if Becky's taken with my Sunspell sweatshirt I've worn i to death yeah. it's got so many holes in it and she's repaired it because she has so much more patience than I do and it's like she's very skilled she's I'm not myself. there yet but <laughs> it looks so cool yeah it's mm-hmm. like the visible bending mm-hmm. it's like that wabi sabi kind of thinking that you know the faults are beautiful, before, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I don't, to answer the question, I don't think we would go down the repair route. Yet, no. But might approach it as we have with like how we've set up painter. We might approach it in a different way. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's a good idea. Stitch and bitch Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. It's all it's
0: it's, it's it's like the garment. You'll see the scars as well. You know, yeah, exactly. we have them on our bodies. We have scars from like oh that was when oh, I fell story. over in the playground yeah. or whatever. And, maybe tattoos or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah it just shows the life of a product and you go yeah oh i got this caught on a, something when we were traveling over there yeah
2: exactly it's
0: like whoa. something to be celebrated <laughs> yeah a, a, there'll be a story behind every stitch yeah 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 it's yeah. um yeah I thought about that. well then um, <laughs> moving on slightly i'd like to ask you about um how you two have like worked in, like how this all works but you know between a, a couple running a business like i found that so fascinating um yeah how, how is that how do you divide the jobs and how do you get over how do you separate work and life or is it just all one one big thing at the moment one big mush. <laughs>
1: <One big mush. laughs> God, i don't know um how to start do you want to start
2: Okay, I was going to say, Becky, you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to look at question. At this point, like, we have so much energy for painting that we just talk about it all the time. Mm. Like, like we were talking earlier that, you know, ideas don't come scheduled, they just come at random. Mm-hmm. They come at you whenever, so we talk about things when, when they arise. Yeah. And mm. we're lucky that one of the best things about being in a relationship is that you talk things through so much more. Then if we had a business partner that was not in that relationship <laughs> that you were in a relationship with, that you'd have to wait until a meeting or something for a coffee to talk about those. Like it could be like brushing your teeth, it could be like having a morning coffee that we can just start discussing ideas. And I think we talk through a lot more. And get get we I, I develop ideas quite fast because of how much we can talk about it, mm. and that's one of the best things.
1: And I think we. We know each other so well as couples do that you can quite. If someone has an idea that's not quite right, or um, you have an idea yourself that you think I'm just going to put this out there, and you've got someone who is really going to honestly check you and make sure that that is the right thing for us, and the right thing for the business, and the right thing for our values, because you you know someone so well that we're like we're both so aligned with what we want to do that. We're not going to suddenly go down the wrong road in terms of creating something that doesn't align with what we're trying to do. So that's, that's a nice plus, I think.
2: It really accelerates. It's definitely be quite tiring,
1: to be honest, yeah. because we're <laughs> talking about things all the time. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful.
0: Looking with me as an I'm joking.
2: It's amazing. It's really it's between it's between the lines there. But, yeah,
1: but we have to learn to to switch off, and I think we're only just starting to do that now because we started yeah. to paint a, like, we don't have any investors or anything at all, it's 50-50, completely us. We started it, obviously, really early in the relationship, both working full time. We basically decluttered our lives and sold a lot of stuff on eBay to be able to pay for the things like our very first samples, our website to be built, what other costs do we have, going to like fabric mills and visit trade shows and things,
2: geo, going to a factory, yeah. Yeah.
1: But we did everything on an absolute shoestring, which kind of comes back to what we started talking about at the beginning: the photo shoots on an iPhone and stuff. And um, where was I going with that? God, there was a point. Oh.
0: How great um,
2: it is working with you, for. having to put everything in.
1: Yeah, oh, that's annoying on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's oh, I don't know. But do you have to
0: draw the line in some in some places and go, yeah. you do that, you do that. You be responsible for all of that, and you be responsible for all of that. Or you're you're great at this, you're great at that. Or is it all just
2: working it out? We talk everything through. Mm -hmm. Everything that's written Mm -hmm. is written by one of us, and the other one we check. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter who writes it. That's why like we always like (laughs) sign things off as both of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of just the one of us. It's funny because we do have really similar skills. Like we both worked in
1: similar roles before. We're both very much generalists. Um, we're both writers, we're both photographers, we're both creatives. We're both quite shit with numbers. <laughs> we're getting there. Like, we have similar like upturns and downfalls, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of good, but it will, And it, but it also means we both have to take mutual responsibility on the things we need to learn, which is pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no easy delegation of like, oh, Hugh's marketing. I think if there was two ways to describe it, Hugh is more product, and I'm more people. We've kind okay. of said that from the start. Yeah. Other than that, we're, we're very intertwined, we're more project-based than role-based yeah. in the way that we define things.
2: Yeah, because uh, we, 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 in January we went full-time, the two of us, and we were like, right, driving down from Scotland to London, like, right, let's talk about roles. Like, <laughs> who's... You're having t- a proper team meet- meeting? <laughs> yeah. meeting on New Year's Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long drive. It was like a 12-hour <laughs> yeah. drive. We had <laughs> a lot of time something. to talk. Um, Yeah, Um, so we just, you know, we we try to have that conversation, but actually then, like, Becky goes, like, to be honest, until we both, like, do it, we don't really know how, what roles are there, and, like, what jobs are we going to have to split and stuff, so. We're still going into it, going, okay, we're trying to find our feet and who does what. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Becky ran Painter on her own, like, Full time for since like June last year, Mm -hmm. so it's like she's done like most of the work, so it's like, okay, how can I help?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I still didn't know what roles there were to be defined, yeah, because it's just so
2: heavily, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's like uh, she picked everything up, so it's like, okay, there's two of us now, yeah, what can Mm. we do? So, with Becky having done it for such a long time on her own, um. It's west. Well, yeah, we have not got roles. Yeah, uh, it's still yeah. quite happy that way, Yeah, I quite like the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice because, mm-hmm. like, we dip our feet in the mm-hmm. bit of everything that we both kind of need a, a taste of every kind of aspect of the business
1: yeah well we're, we're still small i say well, we're still small not going to be big anytime soon no but not hiring anytime soon <laughs> no, yeah. but we do work with with like specialist creative freelancers i think we've learned yeah. that the more we've gone along like the value of brand consistency is huge mm. um and we are creative people but we're not creatives in our output we can we can get by with photoshop but there's things that Having specialists can really bring to your brand, and we've got an amazing guy Dan Ryan who does animation for us. Incredible guy, I think brings real like humour to our illustrations and really bring them to life, and that's amazing. And friend Harry is a huge part of um, just giving it like a lot of things that we do proper check over and making sure that a graphic designer would look at aspects and see value in what we're doing, rather than pick it apart and think, oh, those fonts don't quite match up
2: so and that we're learning to, like, and to trust either. other
1: people a lot more as well so that we can focus on what we're really good at
2: yeah it's like you need that help mm. you yeah. think you can do it all yourself okay well bullish in that sense like oh, we can do it we can do it yeah ooh we can't do that well mm. <laughs> it's a really important thing to realise I think I so, yeah, yeah. I do too much
0: of that and go I can just learn this and yeah. then you end up getting so overwhelmed I know yeah, you probably can do it if you put that much time and effort into it but to, to a degree but never you just as well need, as yeah, said. and, and yeah. also it's about perspective. Like someone else will have a perspective on what you're doing that's different to yours because yeah. you might be at that point with your head in something else, and they yeah. bring a new view, and you go, "Wow, yeah, that fits with what we're trying to do."
2: Mm-hmm. We yeah. love that view of of view of things. I never
1: thought of that, but I love it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of even though, have to run a company, you kind of have to act a bit. Um, act a bit stupid, pretend that you don't know everything. Mm. It's like I think at the start, sometimes with some like a little bit exciting and get quite confident. But then it's like, okay, let's bring it back down to earth and really surround ourselves with seriously like talented people. Yeah. Who will give us honest feedback and like help us out when we need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The
0: widen one of the wide mottos is walking stupid. Nice. No, and silly. I never really understood that. I was like but yeah, it's that kind of thing of like walking every day with the openness to just need to learn everything because you you, know, you, don't, you don't know it all. Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: I think there's a real skill in having a beginner's mindset. Because yeah. right at the start, we we're, we're both full time, but we knew really what we needed to learn for Painter in our evenings and our weekends, and we'd just be consuming lessons on how to do every part of the business at every hour. and. And it really worked, I think, for the, the launch of Batch 1. And then it would be very easy to suddenly get my like, heads in, okay, let's do what we did last time, because mm-hmm. that worked. And why would it work again? It shouldn't. It, people will get bored, we'll get bored, and we've got to keep creating and keep doing new things and, and learning about our impact as well as our marketing and everything every other part of the business. So we kind of spoke at the beginning of the year, didn't we? Of like, how do you get that beginner's mindset back? When it's you when you challenging happen.
2: everything, yeah. Yeah. it's really that. But like, like from moving from West Wales to London, like you big said a big <laughs> shift, big <laughs> shift, big difference in mountain sizes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you do see like the time that you have, yeah. like in in Wales, you really do have that abundance of time to just because you have to drive everywhere. Yeah, you just have that time to. Learn and listen to all your books and podcasts, and in London like, maybe you only have those like ten minute blocks to be able to um, mm. do that. So you have to build in that time whether it's running or go to the gym and listen to books and like just consuming new and different things, um, and like putting that all that inspiration together to produce something. Yeah, whether that's like a new business model, a new way of producing product, a new campaign a uh, new art direction it's like whatever it is we yeah. need new inputs yeah definitely yeah. I think that's hard especially in London
0: is the balance between like you have so so many you're bombarded all the time so, so, so many inputs whether it's yeah you don't have much time commuting to get some headspace or whatever so you yeah. always have to I always found like I went through a period of like all of the podcasts, all of the audiobooks, every moment I was on my bike or something, I was listening. And then I get to work and then we'd be chatting. And then I go for lunch and you're chatting. And then you're at work, you're on the phone, and then you get back on your bike and you've got a podcast in and you get home and whoever's there you sort of have a chat to and then you go to bed. Or like then you watch a bit of TV or you do yeah. it. And, then, and it's like through that whole day I've been bombarded constantly by inputs of some sort because I've, I've wanted to, I want to learn, I want to hear new things. But at one point yeah, I just said, no, no more um, yeah. podcasts on the bike or on the tube or whatever, because it was just like, I felt like I was getting overwhelmed. By yeah,
1: God, I've definitely had that. <coughs> I can't have someone else's voice in my ear right now. I, I need to just stop and have time out, go for a run without my phone. Yeah. We'll have a day, we'll do days where we'll spend the morning both just working quietly in different places yeah. just to get stuff done and have different ideas. Because working as two people and as a couple... We, we're really both very conscious that we love our own time. We're both definitely introverts and we have our most creative ideas probably when we're on a run or in the shower or doing our own things. And then we'll come back and we'll discuss them and we'll get more ideas from that. But if everything we did was together at the same time, we'd probably start both producing the same ideas. and Neither of us want that. No. So it's quite nice to almost force ourselves into doing those things separately. You
2: have to have your own inputs and your own inspirations. Yeah. You yeah, have to allow ourselves like we love spending time together we have to allow ourselves to go separate ways at certain points Whereas, like scheduling literally scheduling a walk <laughs> during the week have you done that not yet <laughs> i've planned to do a schedule i've planned to write a piece about it <laughs> <laughs> that I put Especially if <laughs> It's literally the difference it makes it's like we both realized so like i worked from home for a, a couple of hours this morning and Becky and straight to the like the workspace and we both loved walking in separately <laughs> because we came up with lots of ideas yeah. and if we were um, walking in together we'd be talking about work but not necessarily coming up with new ideas we'd be talking about the ideas we already had mm-hmm. um, so like we supposed to the, the value in it it's such a simple idea to like take a walk alone mm-hmm. take a long walk um It's like some of our best ideas have come from walks, yeah like the the I remember the moment like it wasn't until so we started talking about painter maybe in august two thousand and eighteen, mm-hmm. and then we launched in may two thousand and nineteen It wasn't until January two thousand and nineteen that we came up with the idea that okay, yeah, actually to produce. Let, to make sure we, we don't create waste the best way to do it it's is to set in batches mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And three times a year it's like we that it took a long time of walking and talking to really come up with that idea and have the confidence in ourselves and our ability to be able to make sure that can work because yeah. luckily we both have backgrounds that you know we've had the experience if you come in and move to like like clothing, the clothing industry or e-commerce or marketing and everything like that you'd really struggle with our business model yeah. because we have that skills and mm-hmm. we've had that learning that we could go and do it thanks to a walk yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah I think it's so important just to <clears throat> clear your head in that way and exercise
0: as well just like get the blood pumping and then it just, just after a couple of minutes maybe nothing and then just your mind just starts to flow and all that It's mm-hmm. just a great where, so where are you guys up to in your cycle, your batches, and wh- where do you sit now, and what's it what's it like at the moment?
1: We are part way through batch three, so we saw batch three on the twenty fifth of January, mm-hmm. and now we're just over three weeks into the making process. So our buttons were dyed first; they're all cut and ready. Um, they're made from blank discs of corozo nuts, so they were they were cut into the right shape and size um, before we launched because we knew many buttons on each piece and how many we're making but we had no idea which colors and what, what proportions so monday morning call andrew and david at courtney and co in um Boughton and they start dyeing them and so that takes a week or so for them to be dyed and dried and then they head over to portugal and then meanwhile the fabric that started being made in december was finished and that arrived i think it was week two the 10th of february that arrived in our factory in quite a lot of rolls and every roll needs to be tested for shrinkage which is basically making sure when a fabric is um, put to the heat that it is dyed under um, it will always shrink a couple of percent and under 6% is good over is a problem and luckily we've never gone over so every single roll needs to be tested even if it's made on the same day on the same machine in the same mill you never know, it could come out slightly different and if a if a jacket is made with, for example, one arm is made with a different roll of fabric and that arm shrinks a little bit more than the other, then you've got a problem. So um, that happens, basically every roll gets tested individually in our dye house and then the results will come back and the results are in, they're good. And then week three was um, adjusting the patterns to make sure that that one to two percent of shrinkage is accounted for and digitally laying out all of the pattern pieces to make sure that every single piece is as close to the other as possible, so that when you're cutting out, there's a few pieces of waste fabric in between. And so next week, cutting will begin, and then we'll be sewing each stage, and then they'll be dyed after cutting. And so essentially it's it's an eight-week process that every piece goes through, and that they'll deliver to us end of March, early April. Then it'll be us three days, music on, podcast on, physically packing, making sure that that delivery experience is amazing for our customers. Um, meanwhile batch 4 launches on the 18th of april so we'll be doing a shoot for batch 4 late march um, all on film with our friend jim Marsden who's yep. amazing and so meanwhile overseeing production for batch 3 we're just making sure that everything's kind of running for batch 4 we've been testing those samples for a while super excited about it it's a corduroy chore jacket and um, hughes <laughs> carrying the swatch of fabric with in his bag. Perfect for,
2: for a, a week. <laughs> Perfect. You can kind of <laughs> hear that corduroy. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. it's been, Yeah, it's wonderful. So, so. <laughs> so this is this is your sample.
2: Is this a new supplier or s- same supplier? Yeah, it's a new supplier. Um, so it's from Duke of Visconti in it's Italy, uh, just outside Milan. Mm-hmm. So they've been making uh, corduroy uh, fabric since 1838. So they know a thing or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're really, really expensive. Like, that's why we're happy to show people like the mills that we work with and like, I don't know, we share the product quality if you want. It's because we know our competitors or anyone mm-hmm. that won't use it because it's so expensive. Yeah. They'd want something like a quarter of the price. Mm-hmm. Um, but as like, uh, Becky met with the agent for the mill in a coffee shop and like a huge stack of... Um, uh, uh, fabrics, and then we like narrowed it down to, you know, like 20, <laughs> yeah. and then we just went through it on the living room floor, just going like, oh, which one, and it's like, this This one just like struck a cold, we, bought oh, this a <laughs> <And> we both just <laughs> looked at it, I off. didn't even think of that, struck a cold, <laughs> it, it was just like, it was just, there, was, there was so much of it, it was just like, yes, yeah, that's right, Mm-hmm. Because a chord you can go so sort of wrong with it. Mm. It's like you can look like a geography teacher, kind of vibe. Um, so if, wrong. If What's it's wrong like with a geography thick, teacher? Yeah. I I you just see, it's like some a, someone a, had an issue with it still, <laughs> Yeah. Some no, I know what you mean. It's yeah. like yeah. Professor, yeah. professor, like you could color like color patches. And yeah. Like like you might think of like really loose trousers, cord and It's like nah. It's like if you do chord well, like it can be. Uh, done really, really well yeah. and hopefully with the, f- the fit and style of our jacket it will hopefully be timeless mm-hmm. um, but yeah super excited for that one mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's what we'll get really excited about is like over the next eight weeks we get to tell the story of this mm-hmm. mill and like mm-hmm. really celebrate the people involved mm-hmm. and just go like these are such great stories why don't we know about them yeah. it's like there's, um, there used to be the secret society of no, the, uh, the corduroy Appreciation Society <laughs> right. um, in New He's York. He's waiting
1: for his application to be approved. Oh, oh my gosh. God,
2: it's insane. It's just, it's 850 members or something like yeah. that. Just wearing amazing jacket. Just, mm-hmm. they love Sipping cord. wine. Yeah. Corderoid and they, they've uh, coined the 11th of November 11, 11, 11, because it looks like cord. as natural <laughs> cord day. It's like this is insane <laughs> that I love it when someone just gets so into something yeah. that you're just like wow they yeah. really love this stuff and we want to share that with our community and make a really great jacket with it <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah and, and meanwhile we're
1: waiting to see our label for batch yes. 4 which is later than normal we've actually already approved batch 5 which wow. is so with. but batch 4 I'm not going to say who it is but she is incredible and she has a book that comes out today so she's been super busy yeah. and it's going to be sick. Yeah. So we are like pushing that back slightly. So we we'll probably won't actually have the labels in time for our shoot. Yeah. We'll have to shoot that separately. Um, but yeah, we're, we're basically there with batch four. Mm-hmm. And batch five has been also in wire testing for a while. And we're shooting that one a couple of months later and then six is and,
2: close yeah it's the start. But we when, have to yeah. work
1: quite a far out now like a year out if yeah. we possibly can because if you want to like understand the processes and the impact involved and have a chance at changing anything if you find there's a problem you can't be working too yeah, closely it's
0: too late by the
2: time yeah. it gets yeah. to a factory and it's being made it's yeah. and that's but
1: when you'll make the wrong decisions yeah. and
2: so we're yeah. getting to the size now where we're putting in decent order quantities with the mills that we can have a say in the fabric. We're not just buying off the shelf. It's like, we can, you know, if we order a thousand meters of of a fabric from somebody, we can say, actually, no, we'd like it it done like this because we know it's a better way of doing it. Or we can challenge mills to create new fabrics that are way more sustainable. Um, Like um, I'm not gonna say it, but yeah, we're just working on a few things that it's like, okay, if the problem with the industry is that these um, suppliers, um, what are they called? No. Pe- people who buy fabrics for our companies, like, if you're like for agents and stuff, they go to mills uh, or fabrics shows and go, like, I'd like to buy that, um, buy that fabric. They don't really develop anything new; they just buy off the shelf. So, what we want to do is help mills that we work with develop really sustainable fabrics. So then, those other bigger brands will actually buy those sustainable fabrics yeah. because they're not buying those sustainable fabrics because they're not there. Yeah. So and they don't have the demand for it, so they're not going to push it. Yeah, um, so it's like, okay, how can we work with these mills to make some really, really nice fabrics that are sustainable? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we have to work, as Becky said, like quite far in advance. Because mm. people are quite shocked sometimes, it's like, you're already on batch X? And it's like, yeah, we have to be. <laughs> so you're like, it feels like
0: at every point you're you've got sort of a toe in each part of the process because mm-hmm. you've got batches lining up you're like okay we're thinking about early development of that one we're right in the middle of this one mm-hmm. we've got this one coming up so it's just like the day and the, the week must just be so diverse in that sense oh it's so diverse yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: customer service one minute talking to the the next yeah the every mills. question with every factory it's like visiting the factories when we can
2: and then we've got to stay home on Friday because we're getting a sample fabric delivered. So to for the delivery. <laughs> it's like, but that's not going to be something until next year. Then we'll work with different factories. It's like, because mm-hmm. um, last mm-hmm. week, no, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned on Instagram that, okay, f- like we originally made the first painter jacket, the sample in the UK.
1: In Plymouth. In Plymouth. Mm-hmm.
2: But it's like the fit of, the type of finishing that we wanted couldn't be done and the way the UK manufacturing system is set up, it's not that easy to get stuff made. Like, the industry structure isn't really there. Like, you turn into more of a, of a logistics company than a clothing company. And in Portugal, they're set up so well. And they're like, when, when you work with the Portuguese, they're like family, they treat you like family. Um, and uh, we recently found a mill in London who actually, for some products, we could make them there. Okay. Yeah. A factory, sorry, not a mill, a factory <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. to make jackets, but for something small, we can right. in that like can test them. Like one offs maybe do some experiments, see what some happens. Experiments coming. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just to see. Because we love yeah, <laughs> hats. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, as, a, as a man who looks so bad in a hat, we never make hats. <laughs> we draw the line. At yeah, from uh, no, the nose down. Actually, yeah. we'll do anything from the nose, nose actually, down. Nose down, waist up. <laughs> <So> <laughs> got the, the genuine line is like no anything from the waist from the waist up. Right. Everything is got so complicated. Through. jeans is a very hard industry to be in and shoes is a very hard yeah. industry to be in because I talked to Tim Little of Grenston and he was like for you to buy that one pair of shoes I have to make sure I have the 13 sizes in stock." Mm. it's mad like, bras and is that,
1: worse you can go up to 80 sizes in bras
2: <sighs> so to have one design of
0: a, of a product no, not having that have. in stock yeah well how does that work how is that how does that work and how is that different for you and um, making sure you can you know accommodate all
1: we definitely can't accommodate everyone, no. but we now make in extra small to extra extra large, so we're covering more as we can. We've had one or two requests to make bespoke, which so far we've not been able to do. But we're starting to explore it ever so slightly more for some um, some requests. And I think you kind of learn as you as you make a batch. There'll be an influx beforehand of questions and people saying. This is my size. This is the suit size that I wear. This is what, how I want it to fit. And we kind of have a bit of a. I think we have a good gist on like what the themes then become. And if a lot of people are saying, I really want a triple XL, or this is what I really need, or I want something cropped, or whatever themes will emerge. And then when enough people say them, we'll talk to our factory to see whether or not something's possible. Mm-hmm. And so we only actually did make for batch one and two up to XL, but we had enough requests for extra extra large and. People were super happy that then we started accommodating that and I think it just comes in waves. It's it's responding to demand but also keeping it possible for us. We can't end up making bespoke for everyone at all. Do you have
0: to order the sizes before the orders are placed or can you No. Okay. So you just order the you put the order in for the
2: fabrics yep. beforehand. Yeah, and yep. that's your kind of bit of guesswork. <laughs> yeah, you know it takes X amount of fabric to make the average jacket. So you work on
0: that. But then after that, the beauty of you having sold them up front means that you can you know, get to that end goal of zero waste on the fabrics by tailoring the sizes and to the quantities that have been purchased.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a, a mathematics game when it comes to the, the less waste stuff. It's, just, it's like buying a carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're absolute geniuses, honestly. <laughs> If exactly it's like buying a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my only, only thing i can relate it to would you want to I buy I was in car there with a with the guy
0: and he was like trying to con me out of extra bits so I'm like I don't need all that yeah. <laughs> take away off. <masks." laughs> <laughs> now I have, I have half, half my living room and
2: I'm proud of it <laughs> Yeah, it's, got, saved it's it. got a story then it's Yeah. Fine.
1: Yeah, all the offcuts that we do get get recycled into new cotton thread in Portugal. Oh, That's a nice thing. Yeah, there's lots of bags around the factory made of like they look like bin bags, but they're patchwork old shirting fabrics. So our factory only makes shirts and jackets, they've made like bin bags out of old shirts, and they collect all the fabric scraps, and then they get picked up once a week, and they'll go and be made into new threads. Which is pretty it's, cool. it's pretty cool. Story in reasons, itself. Go. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing the, the things that our customers want to see because. When we go, we'll put a question like, hey, we're going to the factory, what would you like to see? We'll do our very best to show you everything you ask, and we'll get questions like, I'd really like to see the toilets that everyone in the factory (laughs) has to work, has to go to. And not the visitor toilets. Our factory's not big enough to have a separate toilet for visitors and workers, but they'll want to see them. So we'll be like, cool. I'll go show the ladies. You can go show the men. I'll show you everything there is to see. They're lovely, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. Really nice. If you're listening polymers. and you've got a burning question for a factory, <laughs> ask us mid-March. Yeah. And we'll show you.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, look, I, I could talk to you guys all day, and I've not even touched on some of these questions. <laughs> so maybe we'll not have to do an do episode a, two. We'll have to do an episode two at <laughs> some yeah. point. Um, but yeah, I was going to sort of finish by... Um, oh, two things, actually. One of them is just, what, what's, you know, what's the future for you guys? I think we've covered a lot of it, but maybe just a bit on. I know you ha- have an idea of being around for a while, which I love. Um, but yeah, what, what, what do you see the future More of the same? A lot
1: more of the same, yeah. yeah we in, in the
0: best possible way, just keep doing what you're, what you're doing because I think we,
1: l- we look like one to two years out at the moment because we've only actually been a business for nine months, so we, I think as much as we have goals to definitely be here in 10, 20, 30 years, like really, and we want to be wholly owned by ourselves. We're never looking to get investment, scale, be bought, anything. We want this company to be run by us and we want to still be in love with what we're doing. So for the immediate future that means producing three batches a year and it will be for next year and it will be for the year after that but occasionally we'll find a fabric or a product that has such a story or people behind it that really need celebrating that maybe we'll do an experiment around that fabric or that place or that person or something and so if if experiments crop up here and there to keep us really excited about what we're doing then don't be surprised. Mm But we're not going to have things that are constantly on sale. We're not going to be making trousers or hats.
2: <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not hats. Understanding. <laughs> um, yeah, it, no, so those experiments are chances for us to challenge the industry. Yeah. And to go like, this is possible, and if we can do it just the two of us, well, hopefully other people can take it on as well. It's like mm-hmm. not to put our arms. Well build a mortar around there and go like no you can't do it it's like yeah look we will do it we'll give you a guide on how to do it it's like we are very open via um, mm-hmm. yeah, experiments, will be fun I think it's mm-hmm. like um, also like, how can we get as close to the customer as possible it's like you know, people like love the feel of the community like when they buy a jacket it's like it's like really look at it as if you're buying a ticket to an event it's like yes, okay, cool, you've bought, you've bought the jacket, you've bought the ticket. Now you get to see the whole process. Yeah, here's the now experience. Here's yeah. the experience. And like when it even gets to you, like how can we create that experience to so you guys feel as close to us and we can educate you as much as possible? Because like, really, we are, we are like, we're quite... We quite. Like, we're like teachers. i would never want to be a teacher, but we are yeah. teachers. We educate people through... We, our marketing is education, not manipulation. Mm. It's like we are just trying to teach people what we learn. We get excited about it, so we're gonna tell you. It's like, who th- thought that a picture of some buttons, like before and after picture of buttons, not butts, on, on Instagram would do really well. Yeah. It's like people, our customers love that stuff. I love that they love that stuff. Yeah. They're as geeky as we are. Mm. Um, I've seen, I've seen
0: mm-hmm. the buttons and they, it is very Good interesting. It's, love the buttons. It's, it's yeah. like, they're great. they're that, like tree bore mints. Yeah. I was super, <laughs> I was just so surprised it was just in a, it. was in the sink. It's <laughs> <laughs> it <was> just that <laughs> <'cause> they're <laughs> all going to go down the it's plug just hole. in someone's
2: <laughs> sink. <laughs> come, on, come on, guys. <laughs> no, that's. This is that's like. That's the reality of this button, button making is in the UK. This <laughs> is like. That's how it, it's. It's like, not how it's always done, but. No, it's definitely not it's always done. Yeah. This is better. yeah, the company we we're Courtney the company we we're working with, they're pretty new. They've only been on a couple of years mm. in the UK.
1: Oh they're yeah. amazing story. I don't know if have got time to tell it, but in brief. Yeah. A couple who had no history in button making whatsoever. I think they're both in their fifties. Sorry, Andrew and David, if you listen <laughs> wrong. Um but they saw an advert in their local newspaper saying one of Britain's last button factories is closing down. Is there anything you can do to save it? Well. They got in touch and they bought the fact their company. And all of the machines and they taught themselves how to make buttons and they now are like serving incredible like premium companies all around the world actually and making buttons for them and it's andrew who'll whatsapp me all of those videos of like how they're doing everything it's amazing can't wait it's to fascinating it's again. one of
0: those things you see on instagram or something you just can't stop looking at me like Whoa. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might have to change the name of this, this podcast though because the last person I spoke to, Dr. Anne, she started off her charity by making morphine in kitchen sinks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Morphine? Morphine, yeah. In <laughs> Africa, palliative care. It's, okay. it's a whole story. Um, but yeah, she, she basically brought over a recipe for oral morphine and started mixing it in kitchen sinks oh and, get, and, and treating patients' uh, pain with it. And we've got buttons being made in kitchen sinks. I mean, and that's no meant? comparison. Yeah, no. But I just like the I like the um, the kitchen sink ones. Yeah, one. the, the yeah they just
2: call it the kitchen sink.
1: I can do anything in the kitchen sink. These
2: days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do um, I don't think what else involved for the future? Maybe maybe a holiday every now and again just to oh, keep I you guys know, going.
1: Can, yeah. We should go to Sri Lanka again surfing, but you can come this time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like what you want to do a world trip. Yeah. Um, maybe after batch number. Uh, we'll drive out to Portugal from London and dip into factories along the way oh, yeah. it's like no offence I know other people might think that's work absolutely love a factory <laughs> get so excited that's a whole new Instagram handle yeah <laughs> I love a factory it's like it's like huge factory like, if you go into the denim industry there's like people who use the hashtag denim porn all the time It's because like, there is a group of people who are so into it because you know yeah, it's such a big industry. Like, <coughs> you know, like, any one time, half the population of the world are wearing a pair of jeans. Mm. It's like, and then there's people who are super, super into it. Yeah, where it's like super into factories and mm-hmm. have stuff that's made. Yeah, uh, factory holiday. Factory holiday. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's a that's a Netflix series if you've ever heard. It? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Netflix, go,
1: if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. We're up for yes, us. it is. <laughs> Call us. Yeah. Uh, Slide into uh, our
2: games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right there let's make
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be insane. There is a factory documentary on
2: Netflix. Have you seen it? The, one about Obama? yeah. uh, the Obamas did the um, one. Oh, yeah, that one is. Bring a factory. The car factory. Well, yeah, the it was in Detroit. The, mm. the, the, the,
0: yeah, the, well, there was a documentary, and I think the Obamas did a documentary on that documentary. Oh, um, but it's <laughs> so American Meta. Factory I think it's called Yes. it's yeah. the Chinese company yeah. Yeah. it's like, kind of like China. Yeah. <laughs> it's like white. It, it is like Wivespot and there's the amazing factories. bits where the, the, the Chinese managers are trying to educate their cohort of staff on what Americans are like yeah. <laughs> and there was a point <laughs> where amazing. he said if you see if you're on a holiday in Europe or something and you see someone wearing uh, jeans and trainers they're American <laughs> certified <laughs> certainly <yeah. laughs> but you said it was like straight face as <laughs> like, like, a this is it this is how you recognize it but yeah
2: it was like a weird mix of uh, two cultures mm-hmm. yeah. um, but actually if we could ever do anything in the future I think the big dream like that definitely for me and we've talked about it before is what if we did documentary series that went along with every single batch oh that would be incredible that, there are so many stories that you could definitely fill it mm-hmm. yeah could you film it all on iPhone? Just put my phone. <laughs> Just that it's done. Oh, yeah. That's all you need. If happen. anyone help, please let me know. Yeah. Look, <laughs> 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 you know, I've got an iPhone. up I'm a, a good <laughs> <day>
0: um, <laughs> So maybe to finish off, Good Life Experience. Yeah. that. So you're speaking at this year's Good Life.
1: Yes, we are.
2: Yeah, yeah amazing.
1: There's a whole section on—is it called "How to Rebuild Your Life" or yeah. "Rethink Your Life"?
2: Yeah, basically. Ooh,
1: I should have got that right.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So, do you want to just because I've actually not been, I'd like to go, mm-hmm. but do you want to explain a little bit about what a good life is? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tim,
2: we'll go off cycle. You go. Uh, you've been twice. How many times
1: have you been? twice but you go.
2: twice so my first experience with a good life was last September and it was an absolute dream one the weather <laughs> yeah. so the food is so good and the people that are just like like you've been to do lectures yeah. and stuff in the community it's like that on a bigger scale yeah. it's not as intense as the do lectures um, but it's just around by great people we didn't actually like book in to do any workshops or anything whilst we were there we just walked around just talking to lots of people and mm. everyone's just so nice yeah um, and it just has like lots of different things you can do And you can go like, like join a choir workshop, or you can go listen to a talk about a business person who's just trying to change the in industry. Um, you can eat lots of different types of food. There's bands in the evening. There's lots of beer in the evening. Um, <laughs> I think there's uh, yeah, it's on the Harwooden, uh, Harwooden, mm. Hardin, Hardin, yeah. Hardin uh, grounds in North North Wales. Yeah. In North Wales. It is yeah, it's really good.
1: So Charlie Gladstone who runs the festival with his wife Caroline um, and all of their kids um, is such a talented creative inspiring family and I think between them they've got like over 20 businesses it's crazy from like a farm shop which is on the estate to the festival to Peddler's this amazing vintage shop and um, Glendye, yeah, which is this gorgeous and um, it's called Camp Glendie it's like cabins and cottages in Scotland that you can go and stay at, but they also do festivals and kind of workshops physically there as well. And I think a lot of people who go to Good Life just really admire everything that they've been able to do and the style and the tenacity that's in their business. And so I imagine, I don't know, I imagine that Charlie's recognised that and thought, hey, we could actually put something together that helps inspire action and interesting businesses and change for the people that come to the Good Life, because... There's so many makers and people who are just full of good ideas and talent and stories, and um, just so many ideas waiting to happen from people mm-hmm. that go. And so they've put together this amazing lineup of people to talk about everything from how to start a B Corp to how to literally get running, get off the ground, running. Which I think where we come in in terms of like how to grow a real cult following by just by being yourself is the talk that we're gonna do there. Um, there's. Like retail businesses, food businesses, events businesses. Um, Mark Shaler will be there and that'll bring some <laughs> real fun to it. Um who else is talking? There's all sorts.
2: Polly uh, Tucker, Sydney, and Papersmiths. Yeah. Du-book, Miranda from Do Books. Yeah. She's talking. Amazing. James Otter, Dan Kieran. Yeah. Yeah, there's
1: an amazing lineup online. Yeah.
0: But so yeah. So you'll be there in September sixth
1: yeah. of the month. I think so. Something early September, yeah. Early yeah,
2: September, yeah.
1: But yeah, should be really yeah. fun. Be a great way to meet everyone as well. Yeah. We saw one or two painter jackets wandering around last year. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a like, few more this oh, year. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to go in and say hello
0: without creeping people out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there was an <laughs> amazing, amazing moment
1: last year where one night Hugh was at the bar getting some drinks, <laughs> oh, yeah. and this guy um, Chris, who we didn't actually we hadn't met him at that moment, but Chris was standing next to Hugh wearing a painter jacket. And you said, like, cheekily, nice jacket, where's that from? And Chris was like, oh, you'll never believe it, it's this amazing couple who do this and this and this. And Hugh just started laughing, and then Chris was like, hold on, you're Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was amazing, and we, then we spent the rest of the night with him and his wife and their kids, and it, we just had such a good night well, with amazing. them, yeah. which is great, but hopefully he'll be back and there'll be a couple of other people as well. It's, yeah. Really nice to meet, meet some more people.
2: It's a really good crowd. Yeah. Definitely yeah, go definitely yeah. go.